What's a good t-shirt? Yeah. What is that? Um, Bulgarian football team. Is it? Yeah. It's not their official shirt. Are you, do you follow <laughs> that fluff? Yeah, Bulgarian. Do you follow them? Yeah, big yeah. time. Because <laughs> you, you follow the Bulgarian league. Get over there. Go get over there a couple of times a year. Welcome, Hugh. Yep, thank you. This is the second one of uh, my team, my Giro. Hugh is the second member, the lucky chosen one. Yep. Um, Hugh Carthy, that is, um, for everyone listening who doesn't know who I'm talking about. Turn your phone off, mate. Sorry. Um, so, Hugh... Well, let's just drop straight into Hugh. I want to speak to Hugh because on this race so far... We'll talk about the Giro first, then we'll talk about who you are afterwards. On this race so far, Hugh's had the unlucky straw of trying to get in the break. He's been nominated to try and get in the break solo from our team. So often in the race, um, the team might have an idea that, you know what, we've got a sprint coming up or there's a chance for a breakaway to go to the finish, but we might allocate two or three guys to go for the breakaway. <laughs> but in the last few days, well, in the first week, everyone sort of had a, a role. You know, the sprint guys were waiting for the sprint and the two climbers were waiting for the final climb. So that just left Hugh. Um, and our director, Fabrizio Guidi, he decided that Hugh should try and jump for the break. Easier said than done when you're on your own. And the first, first two days that he tried, he didn't try without effort. He sort of ended his race trying to get in that break, and unfortunately it never happened. And then um, yesterday, we're sitting here on the first rest day, and yesterday was going to look like it was going to be a ferocious start, actually one of the hardest days we've had so far. And again, (laughs) Hugh, get in the break. Um, And actually, tell us how it went, mate. Yeah, we rolled out of town and... (laughs) set up on the front row and just blasted it away from the line and luckily no one else came <laughs> apart, apart from the 13 behind me so <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty easy it wasn't that difficult <laughs> but it pays yeah, persistence, persistence pays. pays yeah and he was the first attack actually I was sitting about 40th wheel back watching and I saw you go and I was like ah oh, Hugh not the first guy because typically Someone has to get it started, and I hate being the guy who gets it started, but it works. Yeah, I hate being the guy that starts it. Yeah. But the first time I did it. It was, it was brilliant. I was loving it because it meant that I it wouldn't was... normally do it. It's not my, not my style. <laughs> Fabricio and Juan must wear that the first move always goes sometimes. So. Do they say that? Sometimes they do, so. <laughs> what is that to encourage us to be the first guy? Maybe, yeah. So I tried it once and it worked. I'll was do. that the first time you've tried it? Yeah, properly, yeah. <laughs> what is your style to get in the break? Usually just follow. I'll maybe wait for a climb and uh, see who's around, head hunt a bit, follow the 
all the usual suspects and see what comes off. Because if if people don't know who or what style of rider Hugh is, he's what are you, 189 centimeters? A bit taller, but yeah, about that. Yeah, and what 60? 70 kilos. 70 kilos. So he's just a long streak of piss. <laughs> long lean climbing machine. Mm-hmm. And so getting in the break, it doesn't have a whole lot of punch, but it proves to be hard. So waiting for a climb is the best option. So anyway, yesterday, our longest stage, 225K, mm-hmm. rolling sort of all day and then hit, hitting up a 45K climb at the end. How was it? Yeah, the stage was, like you say, for a rider like me, I'm not, not so punchy. So for me, in the break in some ways is the perfect place. You it don't is. To, you don't yeah. have to make any sudden accelerations or... Um, pay too much attention to the position and you're always there and you can relax a little bit who was um, in the break anyone yeah there's a few decent riders Wellens oh yeah Viscanti. was he yeah um, Shirel it was a, yeah there's a few few decent riders I knew straight away when it went that Brambier was in there as well he was the oh, highest yeah, yeah. GC which was a little bit annoying but um, made it a little bit more interesting did everyone roll through yeah, yeah, until the final climb, everyone was, no one was playing any games, so it was, it was pretty good. Did you play any games? Not up until that point, no, then when we hit the climb, I started to kind of drift around a bit and make assessments and... Get the chess board out? Yeah, see who was, see who was strong and follow who I thought was strong. Did you test the waters a bit? No, not really, I wanted to kind of keep my part of dry, as you say, and... Um, yeah, wait, wait and see. But then the advantage was coming down pretty quickly, so yeah, it was going to blink first and panic. So, were you feeling comfortable at that point? Yeah, I was. I mean, you get into those long breaks and you think, oh, 200k left, 180k left, count it down. And there's always a couple of guys in the move that want to go harder than everyone else and push them. They're strong, but then it turned out when they came to push games, they showed towards the end they weren't the strongest in the move. Mm. So wait, when we got to the final climb, a few people started to. Um, open up a bit I thought then yeah I can attack or just pull put a bit of base yeah a couple of riders attacked actually attacked from the back yeah hmm. and um, they didn't really go anywhere but they split the group and um, towards the last 45 minutes we're in a group of six so yeah once we got into that group I thought yeah this is this is if, the group. If, if this if this move makes it between the six of us did you think you were ever going to make it at that point um at the bottom, when we entered the bottom of the climb with maybe 40k to go, we had eight minutes, and up until then, the peloton hadn't shown any interest in mm. bringing us back. So, um, yeah, I thought it was possible. But then, once 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 the peloton got on the climb, I heard that Stano were riding pretty quickly, and then after that, the gap came down. Um, came out fast. Yeah. Well, where were you? What about at 6k to go? Because it was a funny climb. It was like sort of 10, 15k of a normal climb and then like, I don't know, 10, 15k of sort of up and down and then there was like 6k yep. proper solid climb to the finish. Where were you at 6k to go? Yeah, well, in the group of six that I was, we made from 15k to go, so there's a rider from Androni attacked to 10k to go. Then no one, we didn't, none of us really chased him at the first. So he, got, he quickly got about a minute. And the peloton at that point about three minutes behind two or three minutes did you think you had a chance uh, I kind of knew then that it was going to be we have to ride pretty quickly how were you feeling 
I was feeling okay. Yeah? Yeah, I was feeling okay, but Juanma wanted me to wait. And Juanma, that's Garate, he's our director. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then with maybe 5k to go, and I could see the Peloton behind it, it was a long straight road, and you, and you could see the riders on the front. Like, did you empty the tank, or did you just go, yeah, you know well, what's going to be. They were looking at themselves and the other riders with me, and there was one rider still away, and so I jumped, I just jumped just for. Just for the sake of it, really. You know. Try and get the red numbers. Yeah, not so much that. Just who know. got the red numbers? I don't know. Is it do red they, numbers in the Giro? I don't, I don't know if they have that. Don't they do that? I'm not sure. Yeah, right. Um, do you ever fear, like in the middle of or at the start of a Grand Tour, going in a break like that? How are you going to pull up for the rest of the tour, or you don't think about it? Yeah, I used to, but now the past week or so, of trying for the break and yesterday actually getting in. Um, a long break not much anymore no I think you've got to trust your powers of recovery and mm. trust everybody else is in the same boat, boat yeah, yeah. how are you feeling anyway today yeah I've seen well famous last words I'll be quite on the back tomorrow but, um, feel okay yeah I felt okay on my bike today I slept well last night and had some good rest some good food today I've done as much as I can do yeah there's going to be people that are worse off than me people who have crashed people who yeah People who uh, just people have been sick or people who just just crap strong. riders, I yeah. guess. <laughs> just not quite as strong as you, per yeah. se. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. I want to talk a little bit about your past, so people don't know who you are. Um, so you came through, from what I understand, after talking to you a little bit and, and doing a bit of research, because I didn't really know who you were either until we sort of joined the same team. You flew under the radar a little bit. Thanks. Because I don't think we... Well, I can't imagine we raced really much together. No. Being completely all. opposite riders. If at all, yeah. Um, if at all, exactly. So, you rode on Rafa Condor, mm-hmm. which is the English team, JLT Condor, as it called then. Yep. And um, I saw actually you won the Tour of Korea. Yep. 2014. I, yeah, I did that race. Good yeah. race. When did you do it? Am I allowed to ask questions? Yeah, you can um, ask him. 2006, maybe five? Oh, a long time ago. Yeah. Nice. Big climbs there. A few of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're overall there, and that was sort of what, from what I could see and what you were telling me, that last year in Rafaconda was sort of like you told me you won a lot of races in the UK yeah. in the Premier Series, was it? Uh, I didn't win any, but I was, I was there. there the for my age, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was good. And then um, the guy that was, and you can tell the story, it was the guy that was organising races for you. He got you in touch with the Spanish team, yeah. um, Caja Real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's my agent now and he's an agent of other riders and he'd worked with the team that I was on at the time and helped him get to race in Spain and other countries. And He had a few contacts at the team and um, yeah, set me up with a little contract there. Well, it's such a different route because like, and I love that route that you've taken because a lot of guys from Australia and the UK, I think more so these days, keep it a little bit safe and go through either the institutes or the systems and they go to like a, an English speaking team or whatever it is, or even straight into a world tour team. And this is something I've spoken to someone about before is that sometimes it's nice if you can, if you've got the choice to step into a, a pro Conny team for your first few years, get some experience, build some strength. Yep. And even better, stepping into a proper European team and learning the ropes of European racing. Yeah, Is that I, what happened to you? Yeah, I couldn't agree more at the time. I remember thinking, 
well I didn't have any other options it was either that or I can't remember yeah, exactly. it was either that or maybe nothing so nothing on that level anyway yeah. um, I remember at the time thinking well they're a team does a grand tour every year pretty much guaranteed they have a good race programme all around Europe and they have proper infrastructure they have buses and team doctors and yeah. like uh, proper great team, yeah. lots of mechanics um, it was a proper setup. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was that was the most attractive thing. Um, yeah. Were there moments there when you joined that team in the first sort of period where you're like, you know, I'm I might have made the wrong decision here. I'm not feeling that much at home. I don't speak Spanish. I'm living in Pamplona. Yeah. Or did you fit so straight into it? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, for the team, it wasn't so much a problem for them because they'd have foreign other foreign oh, yeah. riders a lot of Eastern European riders and um, all the South American riders obviously don't have the, sound, uh, the language barrier but um, their cultural barrier is different and they're far away from home but um, so they knew how to deal with me yeah but it was me that um, at first it was difficult I mean the first training camp I went to in November I don't know like a get together and end the season I didn't know anybody, nobody knew me, and I didn't know the language. Mm. Nobody really spoke, not many people spoke English, one or two people spoke a little bit. And so I was pretty much on my own. But a couple of riders who did speak English helped me out, and they were in, maybe reluctantly, but they were put in charge of looking you know, after you, baby, babysitting me for the, for the, <laughs> the weekend. Um, but by the time we ended the, the little get together, I mean, you know, the light, you have a few drinks and yeah. some meals and stuff. and um, you'll complain about waiting around for meetings and getting sized up for kit and by the time you left you you had a common yeah. kind of um, relationship with them and things in common like laughing at jokes and yeah you didn't really I didn't really understand much but I was I felt like I was part of it then and then after that I, in January when I came to the team I learned a little bit of Spanish myself Back in the UK? In those few months, yeah. Back at a, in Lancashire? Lancashire, yeah. Lancashire. In Preston. Did you go and go to an actual course? No, there? I hired a... Well, I got a... I used a private tutor. She came to the house once a week and for not so long, maybe a couple of months, so eight times, seven or eight times. Did it help a lot? Um, it helped. You just kind of got some basics and maybe gave me a little bit of confidence. Um, and from then... When January training camp came around, I had a few words and started to understand more. It felt like people were speaking more slowly to me, which they weren't. You just understanding more. Hmm. And then uh, that was it. A couple of months into the well, not even that. Maybe a month into the into the season, I was I was okay. That yeah. Was that. And you've still and you're still there now. You know, even though um, you're in your fourth year pro now, so you did two years with Kaharal and Pro Continental Pro Continental team. And then afterwards you joined Cannondale, which is now our team, EF Education First, powered by Cannondale. Drapak, powered by Cannondale, sorry. Um, and you've stayed living in Pamplona. Yeah. Got your crew there, got you set up. You're a half Spanish, half Englishman now. Not yet. Um, yeah, just, I, yeah, you get comfortable in the place and... Plus, you don't want to miss running of the bulls each year, and yeah, there's a few little things that you can't be without. Um, <laughs> no, I just I got myself a, a decent setup there. I had a car and a good place to live, and um, got to know some good people. Yeah, so I had no reason to really change. It'd be more trouble than it was worth. Yeah, nice. 
Um, all right. Well, then let's. I've got a couple of questions here about the Giro. Mm-hmm. Um, these are questions I'm asking everyone. So, how many Giros is this for you? This is my second Giro. Second. How's it compare so far to last year? Um, so far, not too different. Not too. Not too different. Um, they got more confidence this year. More. Yeah. Not going into the unknown. Well, you already yeah. done one for Vuelta with. Yeah. Kaharal. Yeah, that was a bit of a disaster. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, last year the Giro wasn't wasn't so strong. I made some mistakes preparing, and um, I wasn't as strong. Told me you came been. in super lean. Yeah. Skin and bones. <clears throat> yeah, a bit too lean. Um, and I paid for it. Yeah. Fattened up this year, I noticed. Yeah, no, not so much fattened up. Just stayed <laughs> stayed more as your normal weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah stayed yeah, more. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I tried too hard. Can you remember back to the first rest day last year? Yeah, I remember counting it down. To be really honest. Yeah, right. To no. the rest day or from the rest day on? To the rest day. Yeah. Even the first rest day. I mean, yeah, you just kind of counted it down the last yeah. few days, and the same for the next rest day. And, the next and this one has sort of just happened. Yeah, this one kind of came around quickly, and yeah. when you have more of a a roll each day, the days can pass more quickly. I I would one hundred percent agree. It's something that I tell people when they go into the Grand Tour. It's a mistake I made the first time was number one goal was to finish. Yeah. Day one, I was like, got to finish this thing. And by the time you get to, like you said, day seven, yeah. the, the weight of finishing the tour is like so heavy. The days pass quite slowly when you're in that mindset. But, oh, shit, yeah. But the whole thing passes quite quickly in a weird way. The days can pass by without really doing anything. Mm. If you always think, oh, I've got another chance, I've got another chance, another chance. And then yeah, next, the race next is thing, gone. you're in Madrid or Milan or... Paris or wherever and it's, it's gone and you've you've been waiting for something that never comes so I don't know this year being more proactive yeah just yeah. being more kind of fearless in a way and mm. you will recover you will have another day yeah and like it's not to a degree it's not that much easier just coasting along anyway you know no. what I mean no you're, you're still in the race when you get stuck in you it makes it a bit easier for yourself more confidence more mm. you feel like you're actually part of the race rather than just I think the confidence is a big part. Definitely. Yeah. What do you like and what do you hate about the Giro? Now doing two. Um, what do you like? I hate about it, to be honest. Nothing you hate about the Giro? Nothing I hate, you know. Maybe stuff I don't like so much, but... Like what? Um, I don't know. There's not much, With the long transfers and things, there's not so much downtime. Yeah. That's just part of it. Everyone knows when they sign up for the Giro that that's what, that's what, that's it, what is. it is. So yeah. you, you can't complain. Also. You knew it was going to come. Um, what do you like about it then? Um, One thing. That's part of the Giro. Some, yeah, I kind of like that part of it as well. You yeah. feel like you're on an adventure. You feel like you're part of... When you see... You look at a map and you see and you really are. Yeah. Um, doing like, a full lap of the country up and down. You, you think, yeah, we're going places here. Yeah. So it's kind of... Good and bad in one. Sweet. Um, what's the best thing about being in Italy for a month? Um, everyone says the food and that, but for us it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, we've got the chef, the yeah. The food's the same. But, um, the hotels, in a way, there's nothing special, but I think the way you get treated, you don't. Yeah. When you're in other the countries, people. yeah, you you go, you ask for a coffee or a, Yeah. A bottle of wine and they charge you, you know, and they charge you like a bottle of extra water, they charge you, but here in Italy, little things, you just bring it. I've got a whole case full of wine already that I'm just trying (laughs) to get through. Yeah, dead bagging it. (laughs) Yeah. 
No, but I know what you mean. The people exactly. You it's, can't it's, it's not so yeah. much that. It's more the more accommodating. Yeah. Um, do you think that's because of the Giro, or do you think that's because of the Italians? Um, bit of both. The Giro has a lot of prestige, and um, yeah, it's. I think yeah, as well. I think the Italians do go out of the way mm. to make a homely environment for people, mm. whoever you are. From my experience, I would agree. Yeah, I totally agree. In comparison to say the Spanish, where we are, they're still nice people, but they're just different. You know, not quite like you said, as homely, especially where I am mm. in Catalonia. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if you had much Peloton talk, but one of the questions is, what was the Peloton <coughs> talk of the day? So your day yesterday. What were you guys saying out there in the in the breakaway? Did you talk to anyone out there? No, not really. No. Did you talk to anyone at all yesterday? Only one more in the car. 225k, six hours and a half. Maybe 30 words, 40 words. <laughs> well, there we go. So no peloton talk. <coughs> nope. It's a water. <laughs> well, we're, we're done anyway. Yep. Thanks for sparing a few moments on the rest day, bud. Yep, that's all right. Cheers. Drink. <laughs> <laughs>